forgive you something you don't make you know better. I tell you, I know where I can go. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Whenever I had carry, they punctured my spine. And, 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 and I had spinal fluid that would leak off of my brain. And it was coming out my back. And, 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 and I suffered with it. I couldn't even get up and down. I had to lay flat of my back. It was excruciating pain. I would get up to go to the restroom and I would pass out. It was so excruciating. The pain would be in my head. And I told Bobby, he was in a revival. And my mother was having to come and help me take care of my weak old baby because I couldn't get up and down. And, and, and I told Bobby, I said, something's got to be done. Something's got to be done. I can't live like this. And he calls the doctor and the doctor said, well, you just bring her back and we'll take some blood out and we'll try to fuse it in there. And, and I told Bobby, I said, forget that. I said, you're in revival this week. I'm not going back down there. I said, what I want you to do is I want you to get two or three people. Amen. See, it don't take everybody, but it does take somebody. Glory to God. The Lord don't need a house full to get His work done, but He needs somebody, hallelujah, who will love Him, who will be devoted to Him, who will carry the cross, carry the gospel message. Amen. I said, I just need somebody to pray for me. Amen. I want to tell you the next night I was sitting in revival. Hallelujah. With my baby with me. Glory to God. I'm telling you, He's still a healer. Hallelujah. I know something about the cross. Glory to God. That's where we're messing up. We can preach everything. We can teach everything. But if you get away from the cross, brother, you've got away from the foundation. You've got away from the sanctification, the dedication, the consecration. You've got away from it all when you get away from the cross. Hallelujah. Verse 19 says, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Now I want you to listen at verse 20, because he says, Where is the wise? Tell me, where is these philosophers, these skilled men, these teachers of the Word? Where are they at nowadays? Why ain't they teaching the cross? Amen. Why ain't they been, Why ain't they studying the cross? Glory to God. They're studying everything, it seems like, but the cross. And they're dazzling people. I've turned the TV on. I've watched the preachers on TV. My God, they seem like they've got it all together. They've got their T's crossed and their I's dotted. I mean, just pretty words. I sit and listen to them pray and I'm like, oh my God, that's so beautiful. But that's exactly all it is. That's exactly all it is because I don't see no deliverance happening. I don't see nobody getting saved. I don't see nobody, I don't see nobody getting healed. Amen. I'm telling you, there's a power of God in the cross. And it's still real. It didn't die whenever Jesus went back to glory. It didn't die when the apostles passed away. Glory to God, it's still here. Jesus said, I go away. And if I go away, I'll send a comforter back. All these little things you see me do, greater you can do. Amen. Because I go away. He says, where is the wise? Where's the philosophers and the teachers? Where's, where is the scribe? Where's the scholars, the theologians, those that interpret, who examine the, uh, the more difficult questions of the law and the sacred scriptures? They're, they spend their whole life, they devote their whole life to understanding this word. Where is the scribe at? Where's the one who studies, amen? Where's the disputer of this world? Where's the, the learned debater? We call them nowadays, we call what the Bible calls a disputer, we call them apologists. <laughs> they speak in defense of the word. I want to know, where are they at? The Bible says, Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Where are these people at? This world. Not this, not this out there. I'm not talking about the world as in the earth or the secular society or, or flesh. It, this word world here, if you look it up, it's eons. It means time, dispensation, this age. Where are they at today? 
Paul wanted to know where they were at then. I'm wanting to know where are they at today. Amen. Where are they at today? Who's standing up for God? Who's studying this Word? Who's spending nights uh, 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 without sleep, amen, going through the Holy Scriptures, trying to find a deliverance, trying to find a key, amen, that unlocks heaven, glory to God. The world is dying, lost people dying and going to hell every day. The, the saved folk come to church and they're hurting and there's no bomb in Gilead. I want to know, who's where is the wise at today? Where's the scribe and where's the debaters? Where are they at? Hallelujah. Where's those that would fast? Not just to fast so they could get up and say, I fasted so long, but amen, fast for a deliverance, amen. Fast for a healing. Where are those people at that spent night in prayer? Glory to God. Pray all night long. I want to know, when's the last time you watched the sun go down on your knees and you saw it come up still on your knees? Amen. I can remember a time, hallelujah, when a church, glory to God, something, somebody, would get sick or somebody would say my son needs saving amen and they spent time in prayer over it glory to God they practiced the cross glory hallelujah now they can give in prayer request over somebody and it don't even make it out the back door we don't take it home with us we don't study over it we don't fret over it hallelujah we just pass it off as if it's nothing I want to know Paul said he wanted to know I want to know where is the wise? Where is the scribe? And where is the disputer? Amen. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. The preaching of them, let's see, it pleased, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Verse 22. For the Jews require a sign. They say, prove it to me. You know anybody today, you try to talk to them about the Word, and they're like, well, prove it to me. Prove it to me. Prove it to me. Uh, it says the, the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. Explain it to me. Explain it to me. Reason it out with me. Reason it out. Prove it to me and reason it with me. But we preach Christ crucified. <laughs> it's not a game. It's not a toy to be played with. It's not something you go and prove. It's not something you have to ex examine. It's not something. It's, it's something that you believe. You take by faith. We preach Christ crucified. We preach the cross. Amen. Unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called. Amen. To them that know that they know that they know. Amen. That they're not only saved, but there's something invested inside of them. That God put something inside of you. Hallelujah. He, he dispensed something in you that you know that you're carrying something that's not your own. Hallelujah. You couldn't make it happen. You couldn't cultivate it. You couldn't grow it. But it was dispersed. Amen. God invested inside of you something. And you know that you're supposed to take that something and do something with it. Amen. He says, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block, to the Greeks foolishness, but unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Amen. There seems to be a tendency to think that the cleanest, the most dutiful, the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the smartest people that, that understand the Scriptures, that they're the closest to God, that God's heart's closer to them. But God can't be found in human wisdom and labor. No matter what we do, 
regardless how hard we try, we can practice and practice and practice. You can stand before a mirror and practice your sermon. You can stand before the mirror and practice your song. You can get a mirror and get your instrument and make sure that you're hitting all the keys right. But that's not the way you get the attention of God. Nothing you do in your own self will ever get the attention of God. It takes the cross. Amen. It can't be found in human wisdom. It can't be found in human labor. Discipline is good, and I believe everybody should have it. Amen. But I want to tell you, your discipline can't get you nowhere in the eyes of God. It don't. It don't get you nowhere in the eyes of God. It gets you somewhere. It gets your flesh cleaned up. So, amen, you can hear from God, but it don't move God. You can't present your discipline to God and say, Lord, here's my discipline. Here's what I do. Now, I need you to do something for me. See, that don't get the attention of God. We've thought for so long that if we looked a certain way, if we talked a certain way, if we dressed a certain way, then we had God's favor. I want to tell you, nothing but the blood. There's a song, nothing but the blood. If you come to Him, if you come before Him, you've got to be blood covered. Amen. Nothing but the blood, nothing but the blood, nothing but the blood. It can't be found in human labor. It's got to be found through the cross. I'm reminded of a scripture, and everybody knows it's real familiar, all the way back over in Genesis about Cain and Abel. There was a a sacrifice that needed to be made. You see, these two boys had came to the age of accountability. That's what the Scripture says. It says, uh, chapter 4 and verse 3, And in the process of time, it came to pass. That means mom and daddy couldn't do it for them anymore. It was time for them to start offering up a gift to God. I want to tell you, you stay at this church right here under Brother Matter's preaching long enough, he can carry you so far. And then there'll come a time, brother, you need to start praying for yourself. There'll come a time you need to start offering for yourself glory to God. He can't carry you, but so far. Mom and daddy can't carry a person, but so far. Hallelujah. There came, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought forth uh, the fruit of the ground and offering unto the Lord. I want to tell you something. This story isn't about two brothers that just decided that they was going to offer something because they was a certain age. A lot of times we think, oh, 12 years old, folk need to be saved at 12 years old. Folk need to really start getting listening to the, to the gospel because they're of that age. But I want to tell you, that age could be at any time. Any time you realize that you have a need and that God's your Savior, that He's the supplier of your need, then you need to offer unto the Lord. But Cain and Abel, they got to a place where they needed to offer unto the Lord. And I see Cain saying, well, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to make this beautiful fruit basket and I'm going to offer it unto the Lord. But I want to tell you, the fruit of the ground, a product of the curse could not remove the curse. Amen. A product of the curse can't remove the curse. See, they had already been taught a lot of people was under the impression that it was just a game. That, that, they, that they, they decided, well, we'll offer our trade. Uh, Abel, he's, a, he's a, a sheep herder. He'll offer a, a lamb. And Cain, he's a tiller of the ground. He'll make this pretty fruit basket. And we'll just see what God wants. I want to tell you something. We listen for what God wants before we go offering things to Him. That's what's wrong is we just grab any old thing and throw it up to heaven and say, here, God, this is the best I have. God says, I have an order to this thing. Amen. You don't just throw any old thing up at me. You don't just sacrifice and burn any old thing on these altars. My God, I want the blood. Hallelujah. There's a requirement to this thing. That's the reason we can't get nowhere. We keep offering everything but the right thing. Amen. You can't tell me Cain and Abel didn't know what the right thing was. I want to tell you, that sacrificial system, it started all the way back in Genesis 2 whenever Adam and Eve hid themselves. And they sewed themselves little aprons of fig leaves, the Bible said. And God come by and He said, Where art thou? I can't see you. I can't find you. Where are you at? 
And, and Adam says, well, we've hid ourselves because we were naked. And God said, who told you you're naked? How do you know this information? Have you ate of that tree? Well, we sewed these leaves together to cover our nakedness. And God said, I want to tell you something. I cannot look at those leaves. Amen. Those leaves does not represent my son. Because see, I knew from the foundation of the world what was going to happen. Nothing takes God by surprise. He said, I've already got a system in place. Amen. But it's a system of sacrifice. Glory to God. It's a system of dedication. Amen. Hallelujah. And God took an animal's skin. And he began, He took those little fig leaves off of them. Through mercy, He removed the leaf. Amen. And put the skin on. There had to be some shedding of blood. Uh, glory to God. And I believe from that point on, if you meet with God, you will meet with God through the blood. Hallelujah. Not through a leaf. Not through a vine. Not through a, 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 anything that we can conjure up and create in our own self. Nothing we have is good enough. Amen. To meet with God, it has to take a blood sacrifice. So Cain knew this. Cain knew this. I want to go look at my note for just a second. Um, it was about the cross. The fruits of the ground were accepted as tithes and offerings to support the ministry. They could never paint the picture of atonement at Calvary or for a sin offering. Hebrews 9.22 says, Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. You can't, can't tell me Cain didn't know this. God explained it to Adam when he replaced the fig leaves. Amen. He said, I got to see the blood. You take Hebrews um, 11 and 4. Hebrews 11 and 4, it says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. What? By faith. By faith Abel offered. Well, by faith means he had to know something. He had to hear something. He had to be told something. Because Romans ten seventeen says, Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word. So if he offered something in faith, God had to have already been talking to him about it. That's how faith works. That's the reason we fall in our faith. Is we take out and we decide we're just going to step out into nothingness on our own. We don't get a word from God. We just decide we're going to call ourselves to the mission field. Oh, well, sister so-and-so goes to the mission field and she has such a good time. I'm going to go to the mission field. I can't tell you how many people has begged me to go to the mission field. Go to the mission field. Just get a passport, Susie. I could have went all around this world. All I'd have needed was a passport. But you know what I needed? I needed to hear from God. Because it's more than just wanting to do something for God. You need to be commanded. You need to be called. You need to be qualified. Well, who He calls, He qualifies. Amen. But you need to hear the voice of God and then step out in faith. You see, Abel had heard the voice of God. Because by faith, He offered. Amen. There's more to it than just laying something at the feet of God and saying, now here it is, bless it. God wants us to actually uh, uh, get a word. He wants us to stay still long enough to hear His voice. <laughs> We're so busy doing things, busy doing things. And they may be good things, but they may not necessarily be God things. That's the reason nothing gets accomplished. But God said, there's something that's going to be required. I want an offering, but it's got to be an offering of blood. So, Abel, so Cain brought the fruit of the ground and offered it unto the Lord. And Abel also, he also brought the firstling of his flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and unto his offering. But unto Cain and unto his offering he had not respect. And Cain was wroth and his countenance fell. 
So you got to hear God. You can do anything in faith. You can move mountains in faith. The Bible talks about having the faith just of a grain of mustard seed. But you need to hear that call first. I want to tell you how powerful faith is. Faith can cause a dead man to come right out of a grave. Lazarus. He was dead. He'd been dead for several days, amen. They said, Lord, he stinks by now. He's been dead so long. But Jesus stepped right up to that tomb and he said, Lazarus, come forth. Dead man heard the command and by faith, he got up out of the grave. Amen. Hallelujah. He didn't just come walking out on the second day. He just didn't come walking out on the first day. He come walking out when he heard the command. Amen. And by faith, he got up. Hallelujah. And began to walk out. I want to tell you, that's powerful to me. That is the power of God. You know where the power of God is? In the command. Hallelujah. It's in the cross. God has commanded us to look upon the cross. Hallelujah. For our help, for our healing, for our deliverance, for our salvation. Everything that we need is in the cross. We've got to go back to that. We need teaching on the cross. We need preaching on the cross. We need to pray. We need prayer, praying. God, show me the cross. Hallelujah. We've got so far away from it, we don't even know the story of the cross anymore. It's true. You'd be surprised how many people. You talk about the cross, and they're like, the blood? The, the, there's a preacher right now who won't even preach the blood. Won't even, they said, that, that's, that's gruesome. That's grotesque. That's my lifeline. Amen. I don't know how you're going to get to God any other way. The Bible says if you try to come up any other way, you're the same as a thief and a robber. And we know that they don't have eternal life. (laughs) They're like murderers. They don't have eternal life. But my God, it's the cross. Hallelujah. We've been given instructions about what to offer to God and how to approach Him in order to receive the strength and the power. I can hear God saying, Why are you so weak and weary? That's exactly what He told Cain. The Lord said in verse 6, He said, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? Why are you so mad? If you heard my command, if you know what you're supposed to do, then why are you so surprised when it don't work? (laughs) Amen? Why are you so surprised when it don't work? Why is your countenance falling? You know why our countenance falls? It's because we do want to do it our way. We hear God. We hear the preacher preach week after week. We hear the teacher teach in Sunday school. Nobody wants to come to Sunday school. Beats all I've ever seen. They want to come to the service so they can shout, but they don't want to come to Sunday school and learn. They don't want to learn what they're shouting about. I want to tell you, that's been my gripe ever since I was ever since I was a kid, ever since I've been saved, ever since God gave me a call. I cannot understand folk that will not come to Sunday school. And I don't mean to beat anybody up, but apparently you must know it all. (laughs) If you don't need to learn, then apparently you know it all. You need to come to Sunday school and learn what you're shouting about. That's the reason our countenance falls. That's the reason Cain's countenance fell. That's the reason we get angry at God and angry at ourselves is because we don't know why we ain't what we're doing ain't working. Well, we've done this and we've done, I fasted forty days. I, I I gave all my good clothes to charity. I, I I've done everything I know to do and it just ain't working. Well, have you looked at the cross? Have you sat still long enough? Have you talked to God about it? Have you heard a command? Have you done any of these things that are necessary before you get up and start giving and doing? Why, Martha, Martha, you're busy about so many things. 
You're just busy, 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 busy. But you're weary in what you're doing. However, Mary, she chose that good part. She chose to listen for the command of her Savior. Hallelujah to God. I tell you, I feel good about it. I feel good about it. I feel like there's some folk that's wanting to listen. It's a shame that the whole world can't hear the command of God so that they would know what they need to do. We're weary in our well-doing because we're not hearing the Word of God. We're busy about doing what we think is right. Have you ever been shocked to find out you were wrong about some things? Oh, you thought it was like this. And when it come to be like that, you were just, I can't believe I was wrong. And I can say, oh me, because I'm one of the world's worst. I mean, I want to know what's what before I go doing anything. I don't like getting something halfway done and having to tear it back down and do something else. But there has been times, plural, (laughs) times when I was so absolutely sure that I was doing it right. I in the gospel. I want to tell you there is times in the gospel when I thought I was doing it absolutely right and come to find out I was doing it absolutely wrong. And, I, and, it, and it frustrated me. It wearied me. I got weary in my work because it was my labor and God wouldn't look at my labor. He would not receive my labor. He would not bless my labor. He said if it's not a picture of the cross, I can't receive it. I won't. It's just that simple. So we go on. It says, If thou doest well, thou shalt not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, then sin lies at the door. Paul said it like this. He said, If I glory, I will glory in the cross. I will not glory in my own imaginations. I will not glory in my own labor. I will not glory in the things that I've sacrificed for God. I don't think none of us have sacrificed like Paul. I'm sure none of us have sacrificed like Jesus. (laughs) But Paul even said, all these things that I did, I'm not going to glory in that. The only thing that I will glory in is I'll glory in the cross. See, this is where the devil is tripping us up. I want you to listen. Because this is why we don't have the power of God. Christ, the power of God. See, we're supposed to be coming to a place of maturity. We're supposed to be coming to the place where God can invest in us the power that was in Jesus. My God, could you imagine if some of the Christians today had the power of God in them like Jesus had? There'd be all kind of catastrophes going on. There would. There'd be all kind of catastrophes going on. Why, the disciples wanted to call fire down on some other Christians. (laughs) And I'm sure we'd do the same thing today. Well, they made me mad. Zap. Well, they hurt my feelings. Zap. Well, I just don't like them. Zap. God said, you've got to grow up. I just can't give you this. You're a loose cannon. (laughs) I can't trust you with some things. i got to put you through some things so I can trust you with some things. Glory. Hallelujah. And, And He says, the very first thing that you will learn, can we go back to grammar school? Can we go back to grade one for just a minute? Because I'll tell you something. If we keep stumbling over grade one, I assure you, you're not going to pass two, three, and four. You're certainly not going to graduate into the maturity of God. And that's an assurance. Oh, blessed assurance. And I'm thankful of that blessed assurance. That there ain't a lot of pre-Ks running around graduating with the power of God. Because I might be the very first one they wanted to zap. 
I've had a lot of Christians look at me and wish they had the power of God to zap me. Thank God His grace is a, <laughs> it's a covering. Amen. I'm telling you, it's the truth. It's the truth. The very first thing that we got to learn is we've got to learn to listen for the command of God. You can't walk by faith. You can't offer in faith. You can't please God without faith. And you can't have faith until you hear God. You can't be saved when you want to be saved. You can't just decide one day I'm going to heaven. You can't just decide one day I'm going to get saved. You've got to hear God call your name. You've got to be called out. Amen. You can't just decide you're going to preach just because you saved and you've been saved for 25, 30 years. Or you might have been saved for three days. You might have went to church all your life and your daddy's the preacher and, and you're just going to call yourself. It don't work like that. It won't work like that. You will come to the end of it. See, that's why we keep coming to the end of our faith. Because we don't hear a command. That's why we keep stumbling and tripping over these simple things. It's because we're not listening for God. We're not getting it down pat. Number one, this is the very first thing we're going to learn. In order to have power with God, you will glory in the cross. Nothing else. Nothing man-made. Don't offer God the fruit of your labors. That's not what He wants. He's not wanting the fruit of your labors. These things are a reasonable sacrifice reasonable service you're supposed to discipline yourself that's not what god's looking for god's looking for the blood hallelujah you might have got the blood 15 years ago applied to your heart but i want to know how much dust has settled on that thing since then i want to know do you keep that little area clean do you keep that little area fresh do you keep that little area just dedicated to god where nothing else the world can't get in there and jumble it up uh uh uh, uh. friends and family they don't upset you. They don't get in there and jumble it up. Because I'll tell you, that's exactly what the devil wants to do. The devil wants you to glory in your new car. Oh, how many times have you ever heard people say, I just want to say that I thank God for a new car. That's glory. I, 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 uh, I, I keep that thing washed. I keep it clean. I, I just, I'm, I'm, it's just glorious to me. I just wanted that car I saved and I saved all my pennies and my dimes and my nickels and and I traded my old clunker in, and I got this brand new one, and, and it, it, is, it runs so good. I don't tell you, I'm, preaching for, I'm, I'm speaking from experience here. Because I got me a Hyundai, and it was an SUV. It was big enough to haul everybody that went to church with me. I've been claiming a, a, a van for years. I mean, for years, I've been saying, God, give me a van. I claim that one. I claim that one. I claim one just like that. I claim it. I claim it. You know how you're supposed to just claim things. I look at it and point it. I claim that, I claim that. Not not because I'm a big van lover, but because it got enough room to haul people to church. <laughs> but I got this Hyundai and I was so excited. It was a little bit bigger than my Kia. And uh, I was just tickled to death about it. And you know what happened? The economy fell. See, things happen. Did I sin? No. <laughs> Did I disobey God? No. The economy fell. I didn't, I didn't listen to God. I didn't hear God tell me to get it. I just got it because I wanted it. I got it because I thought I could pay for it. I got it because I had a job. Amen. And then the economy fell. And you know what happened to my sweet little Hyundai that I washed twice a week? Wouldn't let the kids eat in it. There was never no food in it. It was just clean as a pen. Somebody else is driving it. <laughs> Somebody else is driving it. Somebody else has got it. So you don't glory in your cars. Because when you glory in your cars, the devil can touch them. Anything that's of this world, the devil can touch. 
And if you're glorying in what you have, then you will fall when something happens to it. But I assure you, if you'll put your confidence in the cross, you'll never have to worry. The cross will never fail you. You can put your confidence in your house. Oh, I've got this nice house. I've got this three-bedroom. It's got enough for me and my family. And I've got this nice little kitchen where I can bake my pies. And, and I can do, you know, and, and I just clean. I just clean it. Oh, Lord, I keep it swept. I kept it vacuumed. I kept it, I kept it, I kept it. What happens whenever you, you lose your house? And then there you are. You're, you're fretting and you're worrying. Oh, my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What All the church people is going to look at me and they're going to think I'm a failure because nowadays, you hear what I'm saying? In this eon in this world in this day and time if you ain't with the joneses then god don't bless you everybody preaches in order to be right with god you've got to be blessed you've got to have the cars and the houses and the so on and the so forth i want to tell you you don't but what you do have to have is the cross amen that's where it's all at it's anchored in the cross if you shout over the house when the economy goes down you lose your faith if you rejoice over your family Come on now. How many times have you heard people stand up and just brag? I mean, it's good. It's good. I tell my kids that I'm glad I'm glad they're here with me. I'm glad these boys came with me. I'm glad Terry came with me. I, I, I'm proud of them for coming to church. I'm, I love it when they go with me. Amen. It helped us out tonight, church, right? It sure did. It helped us out tonight. That very first song, man, got me to going. I like that. Come morning. Because I want to tell you for... For the last couple of years, two years anyways, my life has been up and down. My life's been a little more down than a little more up. But I want to tell you what, I didn't put my confidence in my life. See, I don't even put confidence in my life. The Bible says we don't even own the next breath we have. That's not where my confidence is. That's not where my faith is. My faith is in the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. And when the car went, I still had Jesus. Whoop! Amen. When the house went, I still had Jesus. Hallelujah. I still was saved. Glory to God. I was still healed. I was still delivered. Glory. Hallelujah. I still had confidence in the cross. Amen. But there's times when storms come by that want to rock your faith. Shake your faith. That's why it's so important that we anchor in the cross. Glory to God. Paul said in Hebrews, I want to read this in Hebrews 12. He talks about, he talks to a general assembly. Hebrews 12 and 23. He says, To the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the saints of just men made perfect. See, he's talking to some people that's reached perfection. He's talking to some people who's not got it all right, but their heart is right. Amen? I may not have it all together, but my heart can be right, and I can be working on the other things. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood sprinkling, and the, uh, that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Do you hear that? Do you hear what he said? It goes all the way back to Abel, offering that perfect gift, offering that sacrifice that pleased God. Let's read it one more time. To the general assembly and the church of the firstborn. You are to wave your hand and say, That's me. <laughs> to the general assembly. And to the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven. That should be pretty important. Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We want to shout when we get things worked out at the altar. We want to shout over this and we want to shout over that. The Bible says if you're going to rejoice, rejoice because your name's written down. 
Not because that uh, the devils flee when you cast them out. <laughs> Not because you have favor with man and you get called to so many appointments. But you shout because your name is written down. Hallelujah. You shout remembering that you should be in hell, but somebody paid the price for you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That Jesus died on a cross. It goes right back to the cross. Amen. It takes the blood, the blood, the blood. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of, of sprinkling, that speaketh much better things than that of Abel. See, Abel offered up the blood. He offered up... Uh, uh, and it was a shadow of things to come. But my God, Jesus actually fulfilled it. Glory to God. He died on the cross. He shed His blood for us. Not the, not the blood of goats and animals. Not the goats of lambs without spot. But He was the Lamb without spot. Glory to God. And He died for us. See then that you refuse not to speak. Glory to God. For if they escaped who refused Him that spake on earth, talking about Moses... Uh, much more shall we escape if we turn away from Him that speaketh from heaven. My God, my God, my God. To the general assembly, uh, God will shake until the blood remains. Amen. Verse 26, whose voice then shook the earth. I want to tell you, whenever God came down on Mount Sinai, when He began to speak to Moses, the Bible said there was a shaking took place. Can I tell you in these last days, God's going to shake some things. That's what we're going through. We're not, it's not all devil, devil, devil. It's God, amen. He said, my church has got so far off base. My church has got so far away from me. I doubt if they even know who they're talking about when they say the name Jesus. Is He just a name that you just spit out so, so haphazardly, without care? You just use that name? There, there was this group of people, uh, I used to go to church with them, and they just get on my nerves so bad because they would just say, Jesus. Jesus. Je just like that too. That accent and everything. Jesus. Just over everything. And I thought to myself, you're using that name in vain. You're blaspheming and you don't even realize that the Bible says you don't use the name of God in vain. See, Abraham knew Him as Jehovah Jireh. I know Him as Jesus. I don't want to take that name in vain. I want it to mean something to me. My God. We should embrace it. We should love it. We should draw it to ourselves. That name, Jesus. But, but God, when He came down, He shook the earth. Amen. But now hath He promised, saying, Yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but also the heavens. Glory to God. I'm telling you, there's a shaking going on. And anything that's not of God, it's not going to stand. 1 Corinthians. Flip back over to 1 Corinthians real, real quick. Uh, verse 3, and go all the way down to 10. It says, According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another build thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, and precious stones, hay, wood, and stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work to see what sort it is. I want to tell you, there's a shaking coming down. And when the fire falls, it, it, it don't try the foundation. It tries the works. <laughs> Amen. 
It don't try the foundation. It tries the works. The works is Jesus Christ. If you build on that foundation, you've got a foundation that's sure, a foundation that's solid. But if you go and you try building on works, a works mentality, a works salvation, I'm going to offer this to God, you're just going to keep stumbling over the same old thing over and over, getting frustrated in yourself. Why ain't it working? Why ain't what I'm doing working? Why ain't what I'm doing working? And God's saying, listen to me, what I'm saying. If you're going to glory, if you're going to offer, if you're going to sacrifice, the very principal thing, the foundation is the cross. You can't go no further till you get that. I want you to understand that. Your talent can take you so far. What you know in Scripture can take you so far. But there's going to come a shaking, amen. There's going to come a day when the fire of God will fall to try you. Hallelujah. And anything that's not anchored in the cross will be devoured. It will not stand. But thank God, Haggai 2, 7 and 9 says it just like this. I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember the glory? Remember the glory? Where do we glory? We glory in the cross. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord. Verse 9. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than that of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. In this place will I give peace, saith the Lord. I want to tell you something. We want the power of God. The power of God brings peace. The power of God is not destruction. He don't give us power to destroy. He gives us power to heal, to mend, to love, to be merciful. Amen. When was the last time we showed mercy to somebody who didn't deserve mercy? That's when you're really merciful. Uh, uh, I was rear-ended on the way over here. <laughs> a little little fella in a Toyota with a big brush guard just comes up and pow! Smacks right into the back of me. I mean hard too. And I get out and I'm already thinking so much has gone wrong. See, the devil wants to get you in your flesh. He wants to get you thinking with this mind. Not the mind of Christ, but this old carnal mind. Well, I'm telling you right now, if my car's bent, I have had it today. I got out and walked around there, didn't say a word. The only thing I said is he said, it's okay, it's okay. And I said, is it, if it's bent, it's, if it's not bent, it's okay. And I looked and it wasn't bent. There was nothing wrong with it. And I thought, it's just the enemy. See, he can't do nothing but hinder, but he will hinder if you allow him to. He will upset you. He'll frustrate you. He'll get you all discouraged. He'll get you down and out. He'll touch everything that He can touch to try to get you to fall, to try to get you to fail, to try to get you to come to the end of your faith where you just throw your hands up and say, I'm through with it. Have you ever known anybody who was called, maybe even preached, and they ran well, and then all of a sudden, 10 or 15 years down the road, they just quit. They just throw their hands up and walk away from it all. You've got to be anchored in the cross. And if you glory, you can't glory in anything the devil can put his hands on. You've got to learn that. That will give you peace. That's what Haggai is talking about. Listen to what he says. And in this place, this place that I'm talking about, this place of power with God, this place where you learn the principles of Christ, where your foundation is laid in the cross. And you don't look for anything or anybody to sustain you, but God alone. Amen. And then when you go down, you may rise up, 
But something may happen, sis, and you may come all the way back down to the foundation. But I want to tell you something. That foundation will be there. You can build back on it. (laughs) Glory to God. You can build back on it. I've seen devastation. I've seen fires and tornadoes come through. And you can take a trailer, something that's not got a foundation, and it's gone. Brother, whenever the, the devastation comes through, it's gone. You can find some splinters, but there's nothing there to build back on. You can take a house that's got a, a, a foundation laid. It can come all the way down to the ground. But whenever you move the rubble back, just like in Nehemiah's day, when they went to rebuild the walls, the old foundation, she's still there. <laughs> Amen. There's still something to build back on, glory to God. It wasn't all a loss. Hallelujah. It wasn't all, do you hear me? It wasn't all a loss. Just the unnecessary things are gone now. You can run better when you don't have all that tagged on you. Amen. When all the debt and the, and the fretting in your mind of, oh my God, I've got to pay this, I've got to do that. Sometimes it's good to let God bring us back down. Hallelujah. There's nothing wrong with that. Because the place I'm talking about, it's a place of peace. My God, my God. In this day in which we live, I need peace. That's the only thing, Sister Bonnie, I ask God for. I'm serious. Whenever I lost my vehicle, I didn't fret and say, God, how am I going to get back and forth to church? God, how am I going to get out and try to find a job? God, how am I going to go to the grocery store? God, how am I going to pick my kids up at school whenever they call and they're sick? Not one time. You know what I said? I said, God, give me peace. <laughs> if I don't ever have another car, i got to have peace. <laughs> Amen. Whenever I lost my job, I didn't, I didn't say, oh my God, I need another one right now. My bills, my bills. Just because I lost my job didn't mean that my bills quit coming due. Lord, what am I going to do? God, give me, give me, give me. No, I didn't. I said, God, give me peace. God, I don't really understand this storm. I can't say that I understand this storm. I don't understand. I didn't get fired. I got laid off. <laughs> I'd been there for several years. I knew, it, I knew my job up one side and down the other. I mean, I was good at it. They didn't lay me off because I was uh, mishandling funds or doing anything wrong. It was a no fault of my own. But but I got shaken. (laughs) Amen. But you know what I asked God for? Give me peace. Give me peace. If I've got peace, I can go through this thing. Amen. I may come out the other side a little skin up. (laughs) I may come out the other side with a few bruises. But my God, I'll come out. See, I'll come out of this storm. Hallelujah. Because i got a foundation. Whenever this storm passes and I come out of the cellar, the house may be gone, but brother, the foundation, she's still there. Jesus hasn't left me, glory to God. Hallelujah! If I'm going to shout, amen, I'm going to shout in that, glory to God, that it's still there. The devil can't touch that. He can't take that. He can't mess with that. He can't rob me of that, glory to God. This whole world can pass away. Heaven and earth can come and go. Friends and family, jobs, finances, hallelujah, situations, churches, everything can pass away. The enemy can touch every single thing. But He cannot touch that salvation. He cannot touch that foundation. (laughs) He can't touch that Jesus. Amen. He has to back off when He sees the blood. Glory to God. He can't cross the blood. 
When that death angel came through Egypt, my God, he was touching the firstborn of everyone that did not have the blood applied. I want to tell you, I got this foundation not just for myself, but I've got this foundation laid. Hallelujah. So it'll take care of my kids when I ain't with them. I glory to God, this foundation, it'll work. Amen. It'll work not only for you, but it'll work for your family. Glory to God. Mm. Hallelujah. You see, I can shout. Not because God gave me my Hyundai back. I'm driving a $600 Mazda. Amen. And it rides just as good as the Hyundai. It don't carry as many people. We had to get two car loads to come over here. We had to scrape up some money to get some gas for another vehicle. But I want to tell you, we're here tonight. Because it's ordained of God for us to be here. And I'm having a good time. I couldn't have had a better time anywhere else. Hallelujah. Because God wanted me here. See, we get it in our mind. I want to go there. Because that pleases me. But I want to tell you, it don't work when you get there. You don't get nothing. You sit there. You scratch your head. You say, well, I wish I was at home. Oh, my stomach's rumbling. I wish I had something to eat. But I want to tell you, when you follow the Lord. <laughs> when you follow the Lord. Why, I followed the Lord, Sister Bonnie, out sometimes in the woods. Just all by myself. Just following the Lord. I, I got this little place. Uh, uh, Bobby, uh, Bobby's... Uh, you got you got to go out way off. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it to you, but uh, you, in March, about this time, February and March every year, there's a whole field. They said an old woman, uh, Myrtle Weaver, anyway, lived there years and years, like seventy years ago. I mean, a long time. Seriously, about seventy years ago, she lived. Her old house is gone. There's, there's nothing left except an old well and a flower bed, and them flowers. They're uh, March flowers, daffodils. They just, they got out of the flower bed and they cover the whole area. And that's all grown up. I'm talking about it's in the woods. I'm not talking about someplace I go to somebody's residence. It's in the woods, just an old place that nobody owns. And sometimes I'll get to feeling the call of God. Just wanting to get out and commune with the Lord. Just like in Genesis, man. In the cool of the day when Adam walked with God. Hallelujah, I'll start down that way. And in March... I get me a coat, good warm coat, and there's one old pine tree, and the leaf, the, the pine needles has fell off of it so much that you can push them up, and it makes the perfect place to sit. And I'll sit down right there, and I'll put that jacket over me because it's kind of cool in March. And, uh, and then flowers bloomed out all around, and my God, me and the Lord have a good time. Just me and God. You say, Susie, are you discouraged because the house ain't full? Why, no. <laughs> I don't look out, I look up. Because, see, there's been a lot of times there was nobody there, just me and God. Have you ever ministered to yourself? Just you and God? You didn't need a congregation. You didn't need nobody. Man, I've been going down the road so many times, I can't tell you. The song come on the radio, and I start praising Him. I start worshiping. All of a sudden, that foundation kicks in. <laughs> All of a sudden, I begin to feel the cross. Lord, how mercy. And I begin to glory. Not in myself, but I begin to glory in the cross. I begin to glory in God. And the glory begins to fall. See, when you glory Him, His glory comes down and it rests on you. And it's a good thing. Hallelujah. I've had to pull over on the sides of the road a lot of times. Lots of times. Not just one or two. And I ain't saying that for you to think anything about me, but I'm saying you ought to try it sometimes. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Amen. But God will give you peace. And this is the last scripture, and then we're going to close. And I want Joshy and them to come back up and, and, and close us out with a song and we're going to come to these altars and pray just a little because that's what it's all about 
I mean, we ought to pray before the service. We ought to pray after the service. We ought to pray, pray, pray until we can't pray no more because that's, that's what we need. We need to get prayer back in our lives. But I just want to show you a verse of Scripture because we were talking about the power of God. Luke chapter 4. I'm going to read verse 1 and then I'm going to flip over to verse 14. And I want you to take special attention to this. If you write in your Bible, if you highlight, then you need to circle these and you need to go back and look at it again and again and again. And if you've not took another note, you need to look at this one because people want to have power with God. Let me tell you what Jesus did. Luke chapter 4 verse 1. And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was full of the Spirit of God. Full of the Holy Ghost. And he returned from the Jordan and he began to be led by the Spirit. Well, where did the Spirit lead him now that he had this Holy Ghost? Led him right into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil for 40 days. Now, when he overcame this temptation, I want you to look at verse 14. And Jesus returned. See, he came out the first time. Jesus returned. Jesus being full of the Spirit returned. Now, verse 14, he's overcome some things. Amen. The devil touched him some places. Shook some stuff around. But he he didn't come to the end of his faith. Amen. He didn't falter. He didn't fail. Hallelujah. He kept the foundation sure. Amen. He gloried. He gloried in God. He didn't glory in anything he had. He didn't glory in in, in the, the fact that he was hungry. He didn't glory in a piece of bread. He didn't glory in power because it was offered to him. He said, no, I realize... I realize that's not where the glory is. The glory is not in a piece of bread. The glory is not in power. The glory is not in kingdoms. The glory is not in you offering me something to worship you. The glory is in the cross. Amen. The Bible says in verse 14, And Jesus returned. I'm going to add, after the temptation. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. See, He came out of the Jordan full of the Spirit. But after He was shook, After that temptation, the Bible said He returned this time in the power of the Spirit. That's Scripture. Amen. We want some power with God. we got to be shaken. There's got to be a few things shaken in us. The fire's going to fall. It's going to devour hay, wood, and stubble. Anything that's not of God. Amen. It's not going to stand. But I'm telling you, if you'll anchor in the cross, my God, if you'll put your confidence in Jesus Christ, this world can come, this world can go. Husbands can come and go. Family members can come and go. Best friends can come and go. Cars, houses, jobs, churches. They can come and go. Amen. But I want to tell you one thing that will remain. Jesus Christ. The same yesterday, today, and forevermore.
Father, we thank you, Lord, for this offering. Lord, bless the ones who gave. Lord, bless the one, Lord, that it's intended for. Jesus, may it be used for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> 